Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of All About Architecture and Design, the podcast. This is Utsav Kamboj, founder of All About Architecture and Design and Archia. This podcast is for students, employees, and entrepreneurs from architecture and design niche who are passionate about their work and want to make an impact. So many times we come across projects that are so inspired, they make us wonder what went behind creating them. So in today's podcast, I have a very special guest, Nishita Kamdar, founder of Studio Nishita Kamdar, an award-winning architecture and interior design studio. I'm so excited to have you here today. Welcome to this podcast. Hi, Sarvan. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So you uh, started practicing in 2014 and you've come such a long way. You've won so many awards and your work has been published on so many platforms. Please share your journey with us. How did you start? Um, so um, it's amazing that it's just been five years that I've started on my own. Um, but uh, at the beginning of it, uh, just like all the other students who get into architecture college, they don't know why they're into this field that one day when you realize that, you know, design can kind of, um, it has a strong impact on um, on society as well as bring about a change in the quality of lives of people. Yeah. And that's when you kind of realize that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. Also, uh, from the beginning itself, I've been very lucky to, um, work, to have worked with some excellent mentors um, in India as well mm. as uh, in Switzerland. Mm. That's been a great footing for me. Yeah, nice. So in all of your projects, I've always noticed that there is simplicity in design from spatial planning, furniture, the overall look and feel, and it's so inspiring. How do you do that? So I think uh, every project comes with uh, its own set of uh, problems or uh, even answers, if I would yeah. say. Uh, but one hmm. of the most important things while designing, especially homes or, or not just homes, any kind of project is... Uh, is that you need to understand the client and their requirement. Uh, very often, we architects and designers get so, um, uh, you know, into our uh, kind of uh, uh, so egoistic about our own designs that we uh, often forget that the client is is is, is the important. one who's going to use that and, and yeah, and yeah. they are the ones who are going to use the space. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's a lot of importance uh, that we give to the client and their requirement, and and we only come in to, to kind of educate them how they can make the current situation better than what it is uh, or what it was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, talking about the project you designed under the mango tree, how is a farm, farmhouse project different from a residential project in terms of design? Is there something that we overlook in residential design that is an essential part of designing a holiday home? So under the mango tree, uh, very few people would know it, but it's my first tryst with uh, architecture as such. Uh, all the previous projects we had done were interior, typical quintessential interior projects. And mm -hmm. this was my first kind of built architecture project. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, uh, uh, the whole brief is different, right, for, uh, for a space that's away from the city. You know, uh, mm -hmm. people buy homes. Uh, in large farm areas away from the city uh, to get away from the hustle and bustle. Yeah. Um, and here it's really important to understand that the hero of the project is the farm, always. Um, yeah. 
and the nature that it's set in. And uh, you are only an intruder in their space. So it is so important to respect and open out to um, to the surroundings uh, that you've been set in uh, and not to overpower it in a way. Yeah. So uh, that that was the kind of basis for Under the Mango Tree, where we had this beautiful mango tree and a little clearing space within the entire uh, one-acre plot. And we set our entire building in these clearings rather than, you know, uh, eroding trees and, mm-hmm. and kind of making a clearing for ourselves. We worked mm-hmm. with uh, what was available to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read that on the site that the mango tree was already there on the site. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I think I this goes for all of us that uh, we struggle a lot with workmanship, especially in the first couple of years. How would you suggest right. handling workmanship in the beginning years of practice? So yes, this this challenge is is uh, is uh, is tough to overcome. Uh, we all, we've all faced it, and we still do. You know, to get uh, to get good workmanship, craftsmanship in. Um, uh, in different parts of India, it's very difficult, especially because a lot of them come from very specific regions in India. Hmm. What we've also done is, and I think it worked very well, is um, we established a team of uh, uh, laborers and craft, uh, and 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 you know, like, uh, and just an entire you know uh, construction team at the beginning itself. Hmm. They might not have been the best at their work. They might not have been the best at what they do. Hmm. But over the years, over working with us, over learning different details, over uh, being exposed to uh, different kinds of work, materials, um, and uh, techniques under us, uh, they've also kind of educated themselves. They've also grown over the past uh, five years with us. So that Hmm. is really important where you're not just uh, running an office, but you're also... Uh, also kind of trying to create a team for yourself so yeah. so the guys who work for me the um, my contracting agency who works for me has they've been working with me for the last 5 years and they pretty much do all my projects and uh, and he started off the the, the head the, the head contractor started off as just a carpenter but he was really keen to learn and even have his team learn hmm. So we used to do these, uh, you know, quick exercises of like little details and what can happen, what cannot happen. I used to show them projects. How could it be done? How could we be better than what we were yesterday? And and the amazing thing is that now, uh, after five years, they know that certain details um, in my projects have to be done in a certain mm-hmm. way. So, mm-hmm. so they've been trained that way. All right. So uh, I really wanted to ask you th- ask you this thing that how do you work with setting mood for a space in your projects? Like there is the Loka store, which is the clothing label. And there's this amazing combination of inheritance from the floral patterns and bold colors together. And it looks so royal. And then there is the Limerick store, which is also clothing label, but it feels like a fairy tale. So how do you set the mood right. and look and feel for these spaces? So, um... I think retail, the retail space we've just kind of entered into and I've quite enjoyed that space, you know, especially because uh, there's a lot of restraint one uses, uh, one mm-hmm. has to use when they're designing for the retail mm-hmm. space because mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, you know, again, like I said, the hero of the project is somebody else or the hero of the space is somebody else. It's what you're selling is what has yeah. to speak and not, uh, uh, and not uh, the interiors, but as a designer, I also want to make sure that I subtly make people realize that the space is also beautiful. Mm. Um, uh, what also, you know, kind of 
to, to set the mood right, also what helps a lot is the lighting and the colors that you use. Mm. So, um, as that directly, you know, affects the human senses and it directly tickles the human senses. Yeah. So, um, lighting and colors are very important, especially if you see in the Limerick store, whether yeah. whether the colors of the clothing were so vibrant yeah. that we had to tone it down, uh, tone down our interiors to an absolute stuff white. Mm. But instead of just keeping bare walls, what we decided to do was use like seven different textures of white from mm. the flooring to the walls. Mm. So at the same time, it's still uh, detailed and designed, but still the clothes speak out very well there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, how do you work with bold colors and patterns, especially in such small spaces? So um, working with colors, uh, colors is a tough one, you know, um, because uh, especially in India, we're just constantly surrounded by a free flow of colors in our nature, yeah. our clothes, our culture. Col- colors just like everywhere and mm. you can't run away from it. Mm. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, you also want to ensure that uh, you're not going overboard. We've obviously made a lot of mistakes in the past um, with going overboard on colors and just kind of, you know, throwing it in um, where it didn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've, uh, we've controlled that urge quite a bit, I think, in the last two years with our projects, um, where uh, we try to understand uh, why we use a certain color in certain mm. spaces, you know, and what effect does it have on the human brain, you know. So there have been extensive studies, uh, you know, not done by us, but that mm. we've looked into, you know, where um, to understand how different colors affect the, the human brain you know and yeah. how it affects your mood essentially mm-hmm. and your emotion so, mm-hmm. so now colors uh the colors that we use in our spaces has they have to be pleasing and they have to set the mood right yeah. uh, they can't be used just because you like a certain shade you know they have to yeah. make sense especially in commercial spaces the brand message has to uh, follow through the decor of follow, exactly. so we have exactly. to choose the colors really wisely according to the brand message and the brand vision Exactly, like you know, a wrong color could just say something absolutely wrong about the brand, and that's yeah, and that's something you don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. So you also have a furniture studio in collaboration with architect Viram Shah named Pieces of Desire. Can you share some behind yeah. the scenes of Pieces of Desire? Okay, so uh, the urge to start that's okay. So Ford is something that I'm very excited about, you know, and, and it's been like a baby that I've started in the last mm-hmm. one year. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's. Spot started because, you know, I've been keenly seeing the, you know, rapidly changing nature of design, of the design market, you know, that, so mm-hmm. what are the requirements? And, and with, like, larger brands like Ikea and, um, you know, other kind of uh, pepper fry, you know, Bandado and brands like that coming in, you know, mm-hmm. the role of the interior designer, I feel, is going to be, you know, reduced in some time where we're just going to be picking up products and just styling interior spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so, also where the loopholes in the market are, you know, like uh, the swing in a a sense is one of the most traditional and socially uh, important, like, you know, uh, furniture pieces that we have in India. We've all have had our, uh, uh, we've all have had, you know, like 
tons of stories uh, from our childhood around yeah. the swing, you know, with yeah. our grandmom sitting there or like us playing around the swing. Yeah. So it's always been part of our uh, childhood, but unfortunately, mm. uh, we never see it in a store. I've never walked into a store and seen a swing or a modern swing that you know that I want to use in my project. I've always mm. seen a jaroka or like something that's very traditional, and that probably mm. doesn't resonate with everybody in the design. Yeah. So uh, the idea of those swings was what uh, struck us, and uh, you know, or, or probably like a. Furniture pieces that are not available in the market is what struck us, hmm. and uh, we call the collection Sway, which is uh, it has a collect so it has like um, a bank of nine furniture uh, or nine pieces, hmm. all that Sway from a baby cradle to a rocking chair to a swing to a day bed, all that hmm. Sway. Um, so there's there's a great kind of mix of products. Um, we focus a lot on craftsmanship, a lot on. Uh, Detailing. They're simple products that you see every day, that you use every day, but they're designed beautifully, impeccably well, and mm. they're functional more than anything. They're not just um, things that you look at. Yeah. So for architects and interior designers who are passionate about furniture design, how would you suggest they should start, and what they should expect out of this niche? So. Um, uh, one of the most important things about furniture design or any kind of product design is is the minute you see it, you start making so many judgments about it. You know, is it going to do a task correctly? Is it going to um, uh, be comfortable? Is it going to uh, you know look good in my space? So there's a lot of research required uh, when you start a product or when you start designing a furniture piece because it's all about uh, the human body and the anthropometrics and how is one going to use it. Mm. Um, the scale, the size, the color, the texture, you know. Um, so as simple as, uh, you know, a mouse, like a computer mouse, you know. So if somebody had designed, you know, the ball of the mouse wrong that it didn't fit in the human palm, you'd instantly want to reject it. So, so the smallest things, that we see in our day-to-day life, they're all designed, they're all well thought of. Mm. So um, research is absolutely key. Prototyping is key. Making mistakes is key so that you ensure that you, know, you come up with the right product. Mm. Talk to people and, and just have them sit on your product, use it, mm. you know, give your opinion, take that feedback and see how you can be better the next day. Also, yeah. um, very important uh, to, to, you know, kind of... Uh, stress on materials, like try to limit the use or the wastage of materials and, and, and be responsible, you know, to to the environment. Yeah. That's, that's key, I think. Yeah. All right. We got some really great behind the stories today. Thank you so much of for course. sharing your story and so many amazing insights. So that's all for this podcast, guys. I will be back with another podcast next week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.